You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Michael, what do we have planned on today's show? First up, in our Trends and Insights segment, Janelle will be talking with amazing business and lifestyle coach, Vanessa Shaw. Vanessa talks with us about the role that honesty and integrity play in achieving true success while building your business. In our success interview, we talk with speaker, author, and transformational coach, Kindy Gill, about how she worked through diversity in her personal life and used what she learned to build a successful business that helps others. And in our business builder segment, I'll be back to talk about what a big why is and how your own big why can drive your success in both business and life. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started. First up, it's Trends and Insights, your insider's look at industry changes being leveraged by today's most successful coaches, speakers, and authors. Today we're talking with the amazing business and lifestyle coach, Vanessa Shaw. I've known Vanessa for a number of years and have watched her build her business and her brand. She has so much to share, and I'm excited for our conversation today. Welcome, Vanessa. Hey, thank you, and thank you for having me, Janelle. I love watching all the things you're doing, and you've learned so much just by watching and interacting with people. I'd love to start our conversation by asking our guests, what trend are you seeing that's impacting coaches, speakers, and authors? Yeah, it's such a great question, actually, and, um, and, and I'm going to sort of answer honestly on this one. I'm not sure if I'm seeing the trend or if I'm actually starting to create it or if I'm just part <laughs> of the first wave of it, honestly, because it's sort of like one of those chicken and egg things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but particularly, you know, in the coaching industry, there's a lot of skepticism, and that is something that I have seen really building over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, you'll see comments, especially on social media, kind of like, well, everybody calls them a coach these days. You know, everyone calls themselves a coach. And there's all of the marketing around six-figure coaching business and seven-figure and four steps and three steps and all of this stuff that's going on. And coaches are getting a bad reputation. There's no doubt about that. That's, that's, that's already underway. And what I'm seeing now really as the new trend that's moving forward is – You know, being more grounded as a coach and being honest and being truthful as to really what it takes to create that next level, whatever it is that you're helping with, because of course coaches is a very broad spectrum, but kind of, you know, being the truth teller and coming from a place of honesty and integrity is something that I see is going to really help those, those coaches stand out from that very crowded marketplace. So 
how would you um, have a conversation with someone um, to tell them that they need to focus on that? If you're, if you're coaching someone and they're, they're trying to get more exposure, um, because I think there's people do – um, they want to get attention, so I think they're saying things. And I do believe that there is a difference, but I think sometimes people believe it because it worked for them, but they haven't tried it on anyone else yet, so they don't know it's, they can duplicate it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a really great point. I think there's a couple of things. Um, that, you know, with coaching, it, it can become very addictive, right? It's great. When you start to step into your potential, you feel yourself growing, you feel yourself expanding and getting some, cha- you know, experiencing some changes in your own life. It's like a Kool-Aid that you want to keep having more of at the moment, right? It feels good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of people that take perhaps that first experience for themselves, and they kind of go, well, I just want to spread the word. They become evangelical about it. They're excited about what's shifted for them. And then they all of a sudden become the coach that's specializing in that. But they haven't got any real grounding. It's too new. It's not something that's necessarily been tested on other people. There's not a lot of experience. And oftentimes, those very same people that were excited about something, when we see them six months, 12 months, 18 months later, they're not doing that thing. They haven't had success with it or they're on a completely different path. And so I think we've got to really distinguish between, you know, that sort of shiny object and what seems du jour in the moment and feels exciting now versus tried and tested um, and years of experience and really knowing that something can work and knowing that you've got a system and a solution that can really help people. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that when you first um, started, one of the things that you did is did a lot of coaching and really listened to what people needed and also really held people accountable. And when you do that, you get results. Um, I think sometimes coaches just give people tools and solutions, but don't really hold them accountable and help them move the dial. And I think that's one of the things that's really giving the industry also a not-so-great reputation. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, I mean, again, there's a lot of these things that we do as coaches. I mean, it's not rocket science, Janelle, and you've been Mm -hmm. around this for long long enough as well to know that. We've got some great tools. You know, lots of us have got multiple different things. You know, I was in years of years of training as a coach, so there's multiple things that I can use. But it's like anything. We often know that, you know, what we need to do, but we're not doing it. And it's always that sort of learning action gap. And that's the space of, a lot of where support needs to happen, where a lot of challenge needs to happen, and we need to create systems of very strong accountability because accountability is the piece that will really change, um, you know, change, as you say, move the needle for somebody. But it's also that being able to, you know, challenge people. And I think that's the other thing with coaching is there's, a, there's a, you know, some coaches just want to be too happy, clappy, too supportive, too cheerleader-ish when we have to take a tough stand at times for our clients and not be afraid of, frankly, upsetting them and, you know, telling them what they don't want to hear and even risk losing them. But we've got to take that stronger stand and then, you know, so that we're raising the level in the coaching industry. 
I absolutely agree. I love that happy clappy. Um. <laughs> I think I may have just I may have just invented that term. I'm not sure if it I'm not really sure if it exists or not. It came out. <laughs> I love that. I, I think it's important too, as a coach, to make sure that when you're talking to someone, that they're really ready to step in and committed to success. Because I think a lot of people want you know, a coach that's going to tell them you're doing a great job, you're on course, you know, you've got it. But you're right, they do have to be challenged. And I believe that when someone's looking for a coach, and I'd love to get your perspective, the coach should be doing the things that they're coaching you on. I've seen more coaches tell people what to do, but they're not doing it themselves. And that just seems not in alignment. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's where I come back to that sort of, you know, this whole, I think the trend really is about the sort of truth and honesty piece. Mm -hmm. Because again, when people have got an idea about how they want to be living and whether it's better, better health, better finances, better business, better relationships, it really doesn't matter. They need to have really tried and tested it for themselves and achieved significant results for themselves first. And that's the wave that we're seeing. You know, you see all these, you know, business coaches as well the sort of six-figure business coaches, well, they, you know, they haven't even generated six figures for themselves, right? They're mm-hmm. not living the type of lifestyle that they're teaching. And we live in a world where it's very easy to find out if people are real or not. You know, social media presents one side of, you know, life, and we can make it look all glamorous and great there. But we live in a very interconnected world, and people talk. Um, and if people start to stretch, you know, beneath the surface and find out that you really are, you know, you don't, you know, you're not a great role model for what you're teaching. As I say, it makes the whole industry look bad. So that's what I always say is as as a role model, sorry, as a coach, you've got to be a very strong role model and an example of actually what you're helping people with. I absolutely agree. And I think that's really well said because we do need to be be doing what we're teaching and really showing people how it works, not just saying do it. And I think that as people that are looking for a coach really need to do their homework and ask people that have worked with them and also really ask some good questions to make sure that the coach is right for them. We don't need any more shelf help. We need self-help. We need things that people are going to apply and actually take action and get results on. Yeah, and uh, and always a good pointer as well is with a coach that you're you know looking to hire. As I say, are they are they further ahead on the path that you want to be on? That's always got to be a question that you ask. And how do you know? I mean, really, is it's like how do you know? What do you, you know? What is the evidence? Do you research? You know, ask for references. Speak with clients. Speak with former clients. You know, this, these are easy questions to ask, and a good coach won't have any problem making those kinds of transparent introductions for you. But then secondly is you really should be thinking about the coach, as I say, that's going to challenge you, um, that you're going to feel slightly uncomfortable, right, (laughs) working with. Not the coach that you feel like is going to be that long-lost friend, um, but somebody that you, you know, knows you can see that they'll be able to look into you and really call you on your stuff when you need to, you know, when you need that to happen. And that's how a fantastic coaching relationship is formed. No, I agree. And I think another great question is to ask the person that you're looking at coaching with, 
who are they coaching with? Who have they learned from? Because I also really have seen numerous coaches, <clears throat> numerous coaches that are asking people, you know, to invest in their programs, but I know full well they've never invested at that level, yet they're expecting other people to step up and invest with them. And to me, that's another one of those truth and honesty things, I think. Exactly. And actually, I would even go, I love that question, but I would go a step further. It's not who have you coached with, you know, or learned from. It's actually who have you invested with Mm. and how much. Because this is another thing I've noticed, that people start to refer to some of the gurus in the industry as their coach. And, you know, I have people that that do that with me. And they say, well, Vanessa's my coach. I'm kind of like, no, I'm not. You're not in one of our programs. It's flattering on the one hand. Um, but, you know, please don't put that out there because you're not taking the same steps. You're not making the same investments as other people are. And whilst we hope that what I'm putting out there in terms of marketing is, is of course, valuable, it's not the same. And I see that coaches as well, they're sort of saying, oh, you know, I've been, you know, Tony Robbins has been my mentor for years. Well, just because <laughs> you've, like, attended a couple of his live events and mm-hmm. read his books does not make him your mentor. So I totally agree with you that you, you've got to be in integrity with, you know, have you invested, frankly, a lot more than you're expecting your clients to invest with you? Hmm. I love that. And I love the way you tweak that question. Um, we're out of time and we need to take a quick break, but how can our listeners learn more about you and what you have to offer and connect with you? Absolutely. Thank you. So just go to VanessaShaw.com. That's our main website. You can, you know, download. There's a B-Bowl you know, the B-Bold Play Bigger type of question right at the beginning and sort of opt into our free videos and free training and live events. And that's a great way to just start, start our connection. Perfect. Thank you. And I encourage any of our listeners who haven't checked you out to look at all the amazing things you're doing. Um, it will really shift the way they think and shift their results. So thank you very much. Thank you. We need to take a real quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview, and you don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Today we're talking with speaker, entrepreneur, and transformation coach, Kindy Gill. Kindy helps people overcome challenges so they can live a happier, more fulfilled, and creative life. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Welcome, Kindy. Thank you for having me here, Janelle. I'd love to start these conversations by asking our guests to share a little bit about their business. How did it start and how has it evolved over time? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm actually in a business that I never expected to be part of, which is the most fascinating part of this for me as a mystery, um, because I came to this work through some crises that I was experiencing myself, um, and I'd been through a fair, enough, fair amount of adversity and wasn't really sure why, why I was being struck that way. So it was a bit like Humpty Dumpty wanted to being fixed and being put back on that wall that I was how my story began. But then as it transpired, seven or eight years later, it became obvious that this is actually the work that I should be sharing with the world too. Um, because often where we fall over and where we get hurt is the exact place that we need to now some, hold somebody else's hand. So that's how my business started. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because, you know, I, I, one of the things we get when we talk to entrepreneurs is the fact that they think they have to know where they're going, what they're going to be doing, and it really does come together. If you look at your experiences, it looks, if you look at what people are asking for, and if you really listen both to yourself, and you and I have talked about that, listening to yourself and to others, it really comes together organically exactly the way it's supposed to. Yes, and if you look back and look at the dots that you're able to sort of then link I mean, it puts a very broad smile on your face as to how those dots actually linked up, but at that time, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, I was a chief executive responsible for 3,000 people in England, trained as a chartered accountant, a management consultant, became a finance director, became a chief exec, was living a trajectory and a life that was in one direction only, learned a lot about managing people, learned a lot about leadership, but had no idea that the real leadership skills that I was going to start sharing with the world came from leading people within my home and where the dynamics of people can't be tamed in the same way as they can in a corporate environment. And every single raw truth of the personalities around you is on the kitchen table, basically. (laughs) And that's where I've learned the most. Interesting. So that explains, because you really focus both on leadership um, and also the family, because those are... um, well, I think in a lot of ways they go hand in hand. They are two very different um, areas and markets too. Yeah, very different markets, but in reality it tends to be sort of the five-year-old inside us that was at home once upon a time that surfaces and sabotages the quality of our life and, our, and or our management style and or our leadership style. So that poor little five-year-old does show up in the boardroom and does show up in the man management teams at work. So although they look like they're very different worlds, the reality is that most of what happens in the home, if we can get that right, transpires into leaders of the 21st century that we're really looking forward to and we're really, really looking to have so that they're working with the common objective of keeping humanity very, very key in their head, right? Mm-hmm. Like. People are people. That's what we've got to get right. So the home feeds into what happens in the corporate environment. I absolutely agree. And what I really believe is that our children and the people around us watch what we do way more than they listen to what we say. And so many of our beliefs, our patterns, our habits are started as a young child. And those are things that when people are 20, 30, 50 and and older, they're really 
everything they're doing are based on those. So while people might think it's not important to build those, those things at a young age, it's key to success. Absolutely, it's critical. And they're like sponges. So they absorb all the underlying messages. So any conversation around money in the home, whether the attitude is that we have enough or the attitude is that we're actually better than other people and we've got more, etc., whatever it might be, is driving some sort of belief in the child. Um, and that, and that transpires into their adult behavior. Um, the arguments in a home, because we know the raw truth is that although we don't like to talk about it, there's a lot of conflict that happens in a home environment. Mm -hmm. And those arguments and those triggers that get created can cause you to have beliefs about your fear around conflict or the fear to speak up or the fear to actually be different and to have to hold a different opinion, the fear to be judged. And these things continue on in our lives and shape our future. Interesting, because I think you raised a couple of points there. We raised some great points, but a couple of them, because I have conversations with people, um, and I think people are afraid to speak up. They do tend to um, freeze around conflict, and they worry about being judged, and what are people going to think? I used to think that. It's like, wait a minute what if I say something and they don't like it? And what I've learned is I really have to be authentic to me. And if someone, if I'm doing it in the right way with the right intention, then if someone doesn't like it, maybe they're not the right people for me to be hanging out with. Yeah, and that's something you may have learned as an adult. But now imagine if, if in the home environment, there wasn't that sense of my survival is at stake if I were to speak up and be honest and authentic. Now, if, if those type of abilities and op opportunities had arisen for you because it was a safe zone and you never once thought that as a child my, my, my existence or my well-being is at stake, mm -hmm. then, then you wouldn't have to backpedal as an adult. Um, and so what we tend to do is we're, we're educating the parents alongside the children in the home too, so that at the same time, we're basically rewinding the story for the parents too, so they themselves can see that their behaviors are also because they're playing victim to whatever happened in their childhood. Mm -hmm. So we, we can undo a, a whole host of history going back generations all at that place where it really matters, and that's the home environment. Interesting. So you can really change it going back, but then you can also change it going forward for the, the children and the future generations. And that's the objective, because whatever we can do when we're actually retracing the steps back, it's only done with, with, a, with an aspiration of being able to generate a human being that's very responsible for their own behavior, that takes responsibility for their own life, that knows how to manage their own fears, but inherently has a wonderful sense of self-worth that's grown out of being able to deal with whatever the voice is saying in their head. And any conversation that's in their head that's negative, they know exactly how to deal with it so that it turns into its most creative, creative assistance for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we all have those negative voices in our head. I've learned, and I was in my, you know, early, probably early 50s um, before I finally learned how to identify those. Um, and they do drive you, but 
you know, I learned how to identify what fear feels like when I start to get in a fear situation, when I start to get those negative thoughts so I can quickly shift them and get into positive action. But I know that's something that a lot of people have no, they just, they haven't figured it out yet and changing it is um, key. Yeah, because what happens is most of us are not trained to, to even be mindful of the fact that the conversation in our head is not necessarily the one that ought to be driving our life. Because for a lot of people, there is no separation. The mind chatter sounds and feels like that is them. Um, and there isn't the awareness to say that, there's, that the mind chatter is a mechanism in your brain. Um, and that doesn't necessarily equate to you as an individual and your personality. And there's a gap that needs to be created. And that's where tools like meditative, meditative practices really help us. One, to stay calm and grounded in this very stressful world that we live in. But two, to create that gap between us and the chatter in our brain so that we become more aware of anything that's not really helping our journey. Interesting. You know, I know on your website you talk about um, inspiring, caring change, and I love that. Um, and I also love, um, you know, looking at those meditative practices. But how do you start that conversation with people um, to get them aware of what's going on? Because I think when you start to say things like that, people say, oh, it's not possible, or it's too late, or it doesn't doesn't matter. How do you have that conversation? For me, it's fairly intuitive because it's almost like um, anything that is anything that appears or shows up as an adverse situation where there's some form of destruction going on. So it might be an illness that's cropped up in a family home, or it might be that a child is feeling extremely anxious and not being able to cope with school, or somebody's being bullied, or somebody feels as though they're depressed or sad. And let's face it, look at, um, look at the number of billions of people right now that are getting depressed, including our young children. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what type of symptom exists I just feed into that symptom and that pain that exists and I begin to start my education at that point Uh, and I basically hold somebody's hand from where they're at without discounting any of what's happening to them Mm -hmm. and without preaching what can or cannot be done it's just a very very safe process that says this depressed feeling has a reason for it And that reason is like a treasure mine inside you. And if you're willing to unearth that reason, there's going to be something very, very good that surfaces out of this. And then at that point, it becomes that person has to resonate and they have to take responsibility for their life. And if they're willing, then of course the transformation is in their hands and palms too. And if there's resistance, I always understand, Janelle, that that resistance is fear. And so sometimes the fear is so strong that a person can't move. Mm-hmm. And so with compassion, I just accept that. Other times when I know that the fear is fairly strong, but I can sense that a person is still capable of moving, then I'll very honestly share with them that the only thing that's holding them back is now fear. And again, that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's fascinating. Um, We actually need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to continue this conversation. Um, It's absolutely fascinating for me, and I'm sure it is for our listeners, too. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. 
Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. In our success interview today, we're talking with Kindy Gill. Kindy is a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a transformation coach. And if you missed the first part of our conversation, you need to go back and listen. Really talking about how you can change the way you respond to things going back, but also how you can change it for future generations. It's a fascinating conversation about being mindful. And as we went to break, Kindy, you were talking about um, people accepting responsibility. And I love the way you talked about kind of meeting people where they are. And you had just mentioned um, that one of the challenges, resistance to fear. So how do you get people to start getting through that? Because I think so often fear paralyzes us and we just don't know what to do. That's right. It's a very strange phenomenon because once we're hooked behind it, it sounds like we're protecting ourselves and that's why we're not doing something. But in truth, the fear itself doesn't want us to move into that better zone of joy and being able to trust our own actions and being able to live in a more liberated way. So that's where it gets very, very exciting because I had the great privilege to come across the works of a lady called Madadalian back in 2008. And she's a mystic that's created some very, very practical tools, being a female, that's what, what her instinct was. And these tools are nothing short of miraculous. So, for example, if there is a lot of fear that your body's feeling or a lot of resistance in terms of upset, heartache, grief, those depressed feelings that keep us very heavy and we tend to want to stay locked at home, there's a 60-minute process with half an hour lead into it that quickly takes you through 
like just stripping away in a very sensible way as well the heartache and the upset and the fears that exist so that you can see them and the minute they come to the surface and they're being stripped away bit by bit suddenly there's this renewed energy that comes in from inside that says I want to live my life and I want to actually make the best of my life and that renewed energy then gives you the momentum to be able to go in deeper and because this process is so simple it can be taken on by anybody and at the same time it's extremely cheap and can be used on your own without anybody else interfering in the process it becomes a great lead-in for for the changes that are possible for people interesting because i I love the fact that um it's you know first affordable and then also that people can do it um on their own because i think one of the things is people get um when they're going through fear or they're really challenged they don't even know how to open up and they're not they have a challenge they have an opportunity or um, a challenge trusting people and you know they just they're very weary of trusting, so being able to do yeah. that and not have to make a big deal about it, I think, would be very, very beneficial. Yes, exactly. And also, because the, because that state tends to have a bit of a shutdown element about it, so this particular method, it's called the no yes, meets you where you're at, like I said earlier. So if you are depressed, it just gives you permission to be able to feel that depression. If you are in a lot of grief, it just gives you permission to feel the tears and really express them for what they are mm-hmm. and live them out authentically. But the interesting thing is that once something has been lived out authentically, naturally the next piece surfaces because, you know, like as kids, if, if a child wants to throw a temper tantrum as a two-year-old, it'll throw a, throw a temper tantrum, and then five minutes later, it's back to laughing again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're capable of doing as adults, but because we tend to hold back everything because we think we don't have permission to throw that temper tantrum, mm-hmm. then because we hold all of that in, that adds to the layer of heaviness and darkness that begins to exist. So this particular tool just gives you permission to be where you're at and to release what's there so that there's room made for the better juicy bits to come in. Well, it sounds really interesting, very interesting. Yeah, for me, it feels nothing short of being miraculous, actually. That's how I feel about some of these tools that we've been using. Mm -hmm. Mm. So how does meditation come into this? Because I know that's something else that you also um, support. That's right. That particular technique, the no yes one, has an element in the middle. So the whole thing is actually a meditation technique, but it's very different to the way that we normally perceive meditation to be when we're watching our breath only. Because we're in a fast-paced life and there's a lot of action, a lot of movement, and a lot of... um, like we, there's, a, there's a lot of stress and anxiety and uncertainty um, because everything's moving so fast. So really we need meditation techniques that meet us as where we're at as human beings today in this fast-paced life. Mm-hmm. And so this particular one called No Yes is designed to meet you in that fast-paced, stressed-out life. The other technique that we use is called the, is called the Dalian Method. And this is a process that has meditative qualities in it, but at the same time, it's an interactive process that very quickly gets to the root cause 
of why you're feeling and behaving or thinking the way that you are. So without having to analyze your thoughts, without having to worry about what is my head saying, without having to question why is my life the way it is, it very quickly takes you into the root cause of what you're feeling. And the sweet part is it eliminates that root cause so that the space is made for consciousness to come in. And when that happens, suddenly you feel joy, you feel gratitude, you feel groundedness, you feel peace, you feel centered, you feel capable of being able to manage your emotions without overwhelm. And all of this happens again in this one technique. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely fabulous. Well, and I know that once you get really aware of your feelings, of what you're thinking, of the mindfulness, what it also does is it really gives you back control of the things that are going on around you, the, you know, of what you can control you can control or take control of. I think oftentimes we blame things that are going on with, you know, on others, but it's really about what we can control and what we can do. Yeah. I mean, for that, I usually use the word responsibility rather than control because for Mm -hmm. me it feels like absolutely when you can offload the blame and you don't have um, and you don't carry any inherent shame, what happens is you, you take charge of your own life because you are the master of your own life Mm -hmm. and you can chart your own course but the fundamentals that happen with these two particular methods I'm describing is that simultaneously as you take and start charting your own course your own self-worth increases your ability to trust yourself increases in fact it catapults your gifts begin to reveal themselves you take much greater care of yourself And at the same time, you begin to see that you have a voice that needs to contribute. And that voice is what fuels the joy. It fuels that sense of happiness. It fuels that sense of magnificence. And the excitement about the future comes to the forefront rather than that old anxiety and the fear of the unknown. So it just displaces everything and takes it back to its polar opposite. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so exciting, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the things I've always been fascinated with is, you know, how children learn, how they really see everything that's around them. And I love that curiosity. And I think as adults, Mm -hmm. if we can get that curiosity back, Mm -hmm. um, it would really have a very positive impact on the things that we do. So how do you um, approach meditation? How would it be different for um, children than it would be for adults? Um, We have much, much shorter techniques for children, depending on their attention span. And the way that we manage some of these techniques, again, um, are based on where the child is at. So, for example, there's one particular uh, meditation called gibberish, and that literally is you just talking gibberish. Whatever comes, right? Like, literally, whatever comes, whatever tone, whatever pitch. And it allows the child to just be free with the noises that surface. And then at the end of a very short period of time, you get them to watch their breath, but they very quickly fall into their calm center because they've been given permission for that chaos and the fast-speed life to have been released through this gibberish chatter. So when I meditate with my youngest daughter, she, she was about nine years old when we first started, 
honestly no joke, Janelle. I mean, I would still be sitting there watching my breath in the hope of getting into that relaxed state, and she'd be in a new zone, completely new zone, and she'd come out of the experience and go, Mom, I just love that part when it's in the middle and we're actually watching our breath because it transported her to her highest self. And because she had less clutter in the way, being a younger, younger child, they get to these spaces faster. And then obviously from that place, a lot of the joy surfaces. Interesting. That's, um, that's fascinating. So what's next for you in business? Because I know one of the things we've talked about recently is really leveraging your time, leveraging what you do as an entrepreneur, and really reaching more people and having a bigger impact. So what's next? Um, what I've started to do is I've been doing a lot of one-on-one work with people, um, and it was like one-time experiences because a lot of what I do is so profound that often the change that they've experienced in one call with me is enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was quite keen to be able to develop something where people could work on a slightly longer program so that they would, one, go even deeper, but two, awaken to more of their own purpose faster. Mm -hmm. So very recently, I created a three-month program um, for people to be able to use all these tools in a variety of ways tailored to that individual. And so that's one thing that I've started to do. And then the second thing is I'm beginning to speak to larger audiences so I can tap into... um, a bigger pool of people so that we can then start sharing this work in group workshops. So in May, I've got um, a conference that I'm going to be speaking at to 400 attendees. um, And I have a concurrent happening where people will get to experience and have short-term sort of like teaser tastes of all of these products that I'm mentioning. Mm -hmm. And then that will lead into um, group workshops in their organizations and or in their homes, depending on what entices them most. Interesting. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. How can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Um, The easiest way is to come to my website. um, And on there, I have a a free download for families, which is called How to Have a Happy, Healthy, and Peaceful Family Life. Um, And it gives five tips that are the five key tips as to what actually helps us to be able to contain and maintain harmony in the home. So you're quite welcome to have anybody come to the site and download that for free. Um, and then for anybody that's in the corporate world, I also have um, another download, which is about inward leadership. It's the leadership that involves us going in and seeing what's going on inside us and fast turning that into self-awareness and consciousness. And so I have a free download on that as well that's available. And, of course, anybody that reaches out onto my site, I do welcome them to have a conversation with me. So I offer a complimentary 30-minute chat to be able to figure out how we can turn their aspirations into action. Perfect. Thank you. And can you um, share your website address with them just so they've got it? Yes. So the, the name of the address is as in my name. So that's www, and then it's kindygill.com. So that's K I N. D-I, and then last name G-I-L-L dot com. Perfect. Thank you. And we will put a link on our Turn Knowledge to Profit website too. So we love to ask our guests as we're wrapping up our time together, what's one um, simple piece of advice that you can give our listeners so that they can really build their business and expand their reach? 
Um, a simple piece of advice I would give is about being honest with themselves about where they're at. So when they're in the shower, in a private space, I would urge any conversation that's going on in their head that's happening silently for them to express it out aloud. And as they express exactly what's going on in their head out aloud, they will make room for the next layer of genius to come through because a lot of what changes for us happens when we actually see it on the outside of us. So say, for example, the head's saying, I've got too much to do, or I wonder if, how I should solve this, or whatever it might be saying, just experiment and attempt to say those words out aloud and then see what happens. Um, I love that tip because I often think when I'm thinking something and I go to express it and it's like, wait a minute, it's not that big of a deal when I say it out loud, but in my head it seemed like it was such a big deal. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. It's been a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Oh, it was my absolute privilege, Chanel, and I really, really, really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me here on a guest, as a guest today. Oh, my pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're talking about the importance of knowing your big why. I'm really excited to have this conversation today, Michael, because I think a lot of people say, when I'm talking to them in conversation, they know their why, but we know that really understanding your quote-unquote big why is really important and it's not necessarily just knowing why you do things. What do you think? Can you tell a little bit more about it? Well, absolutely. I think it's fundamental to really understanding, you know, why you actually do what you do. I mean, it's really your big why is is really what drives you forward. It's the reason you're in business. Um, it really underlies everything. And, um, you know, you can ask yourself those kinds of questions. Why did you start this business and not some other business? You know, how did you get into this? Um, what really is exciting about it or what really, really gets you going or gets you passionate? Another component of the big why is, is what's, what do you really care about? Do you care about um, your family, your legacy, your money? You know, sort of what is it that really underlies everything that you do? And once you know what that is, once you know your big why, it helps you stay focused in both your business and your personal life. Um, when you know your big why, it's really easy to focus on the things that help you achieve that. You know, there's so many things that you can do each day. Um, there's so many distractions we all have. 
And if you know your big why, it really helps you separate out those things that are essential to do and those things that are not. Um, you know, the question you ask is, it, is this driving towards my big why? Is this supporting my big why? And if it's not, then you really have to question why, you know, why you're doing it. You know, it isn't always easy to determine what your big why is. Often people start with, well, it's more money or it's financial independence or something like that. And those are okay, you know, but in my experience, and I, I think you would agree, they're rarely the actual big why. They're really the underlying reason that you're in business, that you do what it, you do. Um, you have to ask yourself, if you say it's money, what are you going to do with that money? Why do you need that money? What is it going to what is it going to provide for you? What kind of lifestyles are going to provide? What is it going to allow you to do? And that really gets you closer to your big why. I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. Well, and for us, it's really about being driven by our family, by the time we have to spend with them. We want that flexibility in what we do. And it's not just for today, but it's for the long term. That's really our big why for our family, for our grandchildren and those to come. But it took us a while to figure that out. And for us, it was really doing what we loved and were passionate about, but also about creating that lifestyle that we really wanted to live. Yeah, absolutely. It really is about lifestyle and um, the, your lifestyle or the lifestyle you want really plays a big part of determining what your big why is. You know, clearly, you know, most people don't want to be poor or homeless. That's a given. But I would submit that most people really don't want to be excessively rich either. Well, you know, really what I should say is that not that they don't want to be rich, but they really don't want to put in the effort, take the risks, make the sacrifices that really are necessary to achieve great wealth. Um, you know, of course, it, you know, if, if we won the lottery tomorrow, that would be great, but barring that happening, um, we've made the decision to um, balance work and life. Um, we could work a lot harder, do a lot of additional things, really drive the business very, very hard and have more wealth. But our big why, as you said, being family and, and spending time with family and really having that opportunity really balances against how much time we want to spend in the business. No, I agree. And I think a lot of people um, want to make more money, not necessarily, I've seen the shift, not necessarily for them, but because of their give back. That's part of their why. And you know, you and I have talked about that because for me, even if we did win the lottery tomorrow, I don't believe our lifestyle would really change because we have the things that are important to us. We might do a little bit more traveling and do a few more things for the kids. But overall, I don't think it would really change that much. But how we can support others and the give back would certainly change to a much higher degree than you know what we're able to do today. Although I think we do quite a bit. And it's that balance. Yeah, it really is that balance. And I, I would agree with you. I don't think it would change much. Maybe we'd work a little bit less, but I can't see us not working. 
I think that that's really, you know, part of what drives us, what we're passionate about. But I think you're right. It's partly the give back. It's partly what we can we do for other entrepreneurs, for other people, for other folks that are less fortunate. We like to do those kinds of things as well. And, you know, it's really what, what's important to us is that flexible work schedule. That's why I'm in this business. That's why I don't work a corporate nine to five job, um, not because I don't necessarily want to, but because I like that flexibility of being able to go to birthday parties or school events for the grandkids or um, take the grandkids to lunch every now and then or those kinds of things. I spent a lot of years um, traveling as a consultant. I was away three, four weeks a month and that really took a toll. I know it took a toll on me, but it took a toll on the family as well. And, and so having been through that type of lifestyle, I know I don't want to go back to that lifestyle. I don't want to go back to the 80, the 100 hour weeks. It's just not what drives me today. What really drives me, as you said earlier, is that work-life balance, being able to spend time with the family, being able to really enjoy the grandkids as they're growing. Well, I think it's also about doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that's helping others. The beauty of it is finding what you're really good at, what you love doing, and finding a way to do that and make it work for you in a way that has that balance that you're looking for. Because I know you get most excited when you're helping people create something, when you're learning something new and putting it together in a way that others couldn't even envision. That's when you're most excited and I think most content. I mean, other than when you're having lunch with one of the grandkids or having those conversations. But so it's, it's about finding what you love doing, finding a way to be able to do that in a way that makes sense for you and your family and all those around you. Absolutely. And, you know, in, when you figure out or you, you take some time to figure out what your big why is, you really want to start with um, what's the lifestyle that you want? What's really important to you? And don't worry about how you're going to generate money from that or how you're going to make that into a business. Because in today's world, there are just so many options for business. Um, with the advent of online businesses and just the availability of so many different options, we really do live in an incredibly rich time when you can really make a business out of just about anything in just about any media. So really start with what's the underlying driver for you? What really gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? Where do you want to spend your time? And now you're getting at the big why. Once you get there, then you can figure out how can you build a business around that? How could you build a life around that? No, I agree. And I've talked to so many people lately. When they get clear about their big why, it helps them then set their intentions of what they want to happen, what they want their business to look like. And I've talked to a couple people in the last week who really said once they got clear on that, things started to fall in place in ways they never could have imagined. People that they'd been trying to connect with for multiple years and had been unable to reach and it had been totally unobtainable, 
literally fell into their lap in ways that they never could have predicted. But I believe a big part of that is being clear on your big why. What do you want to accomplish? Why do you want to accomplish it? And how are you going to bring it all together? And I think it's really important to understand you don't have to have all the answers. The answers will come together when you put everything together in the perfect way. And I think that's what's so important. It really helps us drive ourselves, our business, and everything forward. And you know, we'd love to hear what your big why is. What are you looking for? If you go to our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page, under today's episode, share what your big why is. And if you're not sure what your big why is, put down what you think it is, or put down what questions you have about helping determine what that is. And let's start a conversation because once you understand that, the world is going to open in ways you never expected. I absolutely agree. I mean, understanding your big why is so important. And you mentioned the idea of focus. Um, and I go back to the law of attraction. Really, to me, it's the law of focus is really what the law of attraction is. It's, it's focus on those things that you want to bring into your life. And as you said, somehow the right people are in the room, that you go to the right events, you start to see lots of opportunity around you to build that business, to build that life that really drives your underlying big why. Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear what people have to say. Again, visit us on Facebook at Turn Knowledge to Profit. And let's continue the conversation. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.